0: If they're just starting out, you know, they're holding that title that I carry as an army chaplain, and they're tying it to a higher standard. And I feel that moral obligation to always be transparent, not only just about what's going on in the transaction, but also to look out for their best interest.
1: Are you ready to change your life? Welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast, sponsored by Freedom Capital Investments and Berkwood Capital. Your hosts, Linda Brooks and Lisa Hill, are two dynamic multifamily investor syndicators who combined have more than 400 doors in their portfolio and growing. Join them on their journey as they show you it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing, and they'll show you how to do it successfully as a passive investor. And now, here are your hosts, Linda and Lisa Hello,
2: everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast. I'm Linda Brooks, your co-host.
3: And I'm Lisa Hill, your other co-host. Thanks for joining us, everybody. As you know, we've gotten a few episodes underneath our belt, and we are two dynamic multifamily syndicators who have been taking you on our journey as we learn more about passive investing the multifamily way. But today's episode is going to be a little bit different in honor of Memorial Day.
2: Yes. And with us this evening, we have not just a dynamic real estate investor, but we also have an Army Reserve Chaplain. If you recall from our very first introductory episode, I shared with you that I'm also an Army Reserve Chaplain. So I'm so pleased to have my colleague, Mr. Joseph Danza, who is an Army Reserve Chaplain and an Information Technology Program Manager in addition to a real estate investor. So he is a man that wears many hats and stays pretty busy. Since he was a child, he's worked in his parents' real estate company and has over 13 years of real estate experience. He currently owns his own business as CEO and founder of a multi-million dollar real estate company, focusing on multiple revenue streams to include short-term rentals, long-term rentals, property management, and multifamily syndications. He also serves as an advisor for over $105 million in various real estate assets along the East. Eastern Seaboard. So welcome my colleague, my friend Joseph Danza.
0: Thank you for having me. This is a privilege to be here today.
2: We are so glad that you could join us, especially for this very special episode with regard to Memorial Day and just taking the time to be here today. So thank you. One of the things that I have seen or heard is that oftentimes there's some confusion between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And just for the record, we want to make sure that everyone understands that Memorial Day is dedicated to honoring those service members who have given the ultimate sacrifice of their life in service to our country. So we thought
3: we'd start off with a little bit of history
2: on Memorial Day and how it started and where it founded. And then we'll go from there.
3: All right. Uh, As a matter of fact, we have over 650,000 military personnel who never came home from war, never got to say goodbye to their loved ones. And this is mm-hmm. our way, Memorial Day is our way of honoring the fallen. Little bit of background for you, as Linda mentioned, it is originally known as Decoration Day and it first started right after the Civil War. When the Civil War ended in the spring of 1865, it had claimed the most lives in US history. And that required the establishment of our country's first national cemeteries. And by the late 1860s, Americans in various towns and cities started holding tributes to the countless number of fallen soldiers, decorating their graves with flowers, reciting prayers, having moments of silence. It's unclear, though, actually, where the tradition originated from, because a lot of communities were holding independent memorial gatherings. Some records show that one of the earliest Memorial Day gatherings was organized by former slaves in Charleston, South Carolina, less than a month after the Confederacy had surrendered in 1865. On May 5th, 1868, General John Logan, the leader of the Northern Civil War veterans, called for a nationwide day of remembrance later on in the month he designated May 30th, 1868. But in President Johnson, Lyndon B. Johnson, declared Waterloo, New York as the birthplace of Memorial Day, as Waterloo, New York is believed to be one of the first communities to have celebrated Memorial Day on May 5th of 1866. Now, May 31st, is when 1971 is when Memorial Day became a national holiday. So that's where we are. A little background. But Memorial Day, as you said, Linda, is dedicated to the fallen, whereas Veterans Day recognizes, honors, salutes the fallen and the current, present, and retired military personnel. Am I correct on that one?
2: That is correct. Thank you. And as Army chaplains, our motto is nurture the living, care for the wounded honor the fallen. And that word honor is bestowed upon anyone that has served in the military and has lost their life for any reason, in service, out of service, in retirement. Anyone that has served as a military person is entitled to military honors upon their passing. And what that means is they are given the honors, the professional courtesies, the dignitaries afforded to anyone that has put their life. And families, if you will, on the line in service to our country. And that includes memorial services, memorial ceremonies. It includes specialized presentations to families on behalf of the president of the United States and just recognizing and appreciating that soldier in front of God and country. And so I just wanted to share that in addition to the history that Lisa shared with us as we move into our conversation with Joe. Tell me. Army chaplain, what does Memorial Day mean to you as an Army chaplain?
0: That's a great question. And, and, you know, for me as a chaplain, uh, Memorial Day, it's my way or our calling to help honor those who have given the ultimate sacrifice. It's not an easy thing when you're walking alongside with these families who have their lives have been turned upside down and they've lost their loved ones. They haven't had the opportunity to say goodbye. And as that Army chaplain, you are walking alongside with them. And, you know, I've had the privilege and the honor to meet the fallen at Dover Air Force Base and to be on the flight line as the body is received and to stand next to the family members, whether it's the spouse, whether it's the child, you know, it's being alongside with them and just to be there with them and to be present with them to help them get through a difficult time. And this is kind of really where I see my calling in as a chaplain in the Army Reserves.
3: Well, you know, Linda, what does it mean for you Memorial Day? I concur with everything
2: Joe shared. My experiences are slightly different in that I've had the opportunity to provide memorial ceremonies for soldiers that have lost their lives for various reasons. And Joe had the honor of standing next to family members of the fallen. I had the privilege of standing with fellow soldiers and battle buddies of fallen soldiers to include their peers, their subordinates, and their leadership who have developed relationships with these soldiers over periods of time. I think the most striking thing that I recall in the memorial ceremony is as a chaplain, we tend to be very involved in supporting the planning of the ceremony and then also officiating. We officiate those ceremonies or services and various people have various roles, but there's one part of a ceremony that stands out for me and it's called the final roll call. And it's when the first sergeant calls the unit to attention And conducts a roll call and they call the names of various soldiers in the formation. And by the time they get to the last name that they're calling, that name is the name of the fallen soldier. And they start by calling the soldiers rank and last name, rank first and last name, rank first, middle and last name. And in between each calling, there's a period of silence. And it just settles with you that we will never hear that soldier respond, present first a sergeant, here for a sergeant, because now they are no longer with us. And the first time I experienced that, the chills that went through my body was just amazing because everyone was in tears and and you're still trying to maintain your military bearing while you're providing that while you're in the midst of that ceremony. But it is it becomes very real that that comrade, that battle buddy, that friend is no longer there to serve alongside you. So it's a privilege and a burden at the same time that we carry as chaplains uh, with honor.
3: And you feel a calling as well. as Joe mentioned he feels a calling to do this. It has to
2: be a calling Mm. because if it's not, then what are we doing it for? Because it comes with a burden. So the question I have for you, Joe, is... Hearing your story about the calling and and serving as a chaplain and knowing the responsibility that comes with that, how does being an army chaplain inform or influence your roles, right? We talked about your bio and the various types of revenue streams that you have in real estate investing. How does being an army chaplain inform you as CEO, founder, as advisor, as investor, as expert in the real estate investing space?
0: Uh, That's a great question. And it's a loaded question at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, in my experience, I feel like I'm held to a higher standard, right? When I'm having these conversations with potential investors, or if they're just starting out, you know, they're holding that title that I carry as an army chaplain and they're tying it to a higher standard. And I feel that moral obligation to always be transparent, not only just about what's going on in the transaction, but also to look out for their best interest, right? You know, everybody has a different journey. Uh, They don't know, you know, sometimes when they come to me, they don't know what type of investment they're looking at. You know, do they want to do a long-term rental? Do they want to do a short-term rental? Or do they want to jump into the multifamily space? And, you know, it's listening to them, figuring out what best class of asset works for them and where they're at in life and their goals that they're trying to achieve and helping steer the ship in the right direction while also empowering them to make that decision at the same time. And it really goes back to letting them be heard, right? And everybody, you know, we all have a story and it's all about letting them tell their story and then figuring out where to meet them in the middle. And I think that's really how I've been Pretty successful in my business so far, you know, and even works on the military side. I'm one of those weird chaplains that I get to go out and I get to teach financial classes because I have some finance background, but I'm also teaching about real estate investments. What is out there? You know, we don't do a good job of educating our military, you know, what other investing assets that are out there. And real estate is a great asset. You know, it's a great asset for wealth, you know, long term financial goals financial freedom. And so, you know, I get this awesome opportunity and platform to go out and teach on the military side as well about what's out there and how to educate these young soldiers, you know, who are fighting and defending our freedoms.
3: You didn't start out, you just recently, you started out in rentals, right? Right, Joe?
0: Yeah, I started out in long-term rentals. You know, I started with my parents' company and they did these long-term rentals, you know, mom and pop business. I still consider myself a mom and pop business. And, you know, we've just branched off into various multiple streams of income because I'm a firm believer in diversification in all directions.
3: I was going to follow up with how did you get into multifamily real estate?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, about a year ago, and it's a long story, but, you know, Corona hit and my entire company shook uh, to the core. And, you know, we saw our revenue go from, six figures all the way down to zero in a matter of a couple of days. And it was one of those things where, you know, I'm like, it's bringing in great income. We're making great money. The profits are amazing, but the assets aren't stable. And so, you know, I started connecting with some of these great folks and, you know, and one of my partners and they introduced me into the multifamily space. I started diving into researching it and I found the value of the stability that the multifamilies do during recessions, during all market cycles, how stable of an asset it is. And so, you know, that's the last pillar of my company right now is the the multifamily space because it tends to do so well. And I'm looking for that diversification in my portfolio.
2: That sounds like a great strategy. Tell me, do your investor partners or you know, whether it's a syndication or a JV or an investor, do they all know that you're an army chaplain as well as a real estate
0: investor? Oh, yeah, they do. They hear all about it all the time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, it lays the foundation for trust. Yep. You know, it is, they like to know that you're normal, right? It's not that you're just an investor, you're an actual person and you've got multiple hats going on. You're facing the same struggles as everybody else. And so, you know, being able to tell them, you know, I'm able to be at the side of a lot of folks. It just carries a lot of weight at the end of the day.
3: You hit the nail on the head with the word trust. I figured you'd have an edge just being a chaplain. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's great. And
0: when you're doing your research on your properties, Joe, what do you look for? We look for cash flow. It is the number one requirement for any investment that I do. I know a lot of investors are out there today that are looking for the equity and the properties. Equity is here today, but it is gone tomorrow. And cash flow is king. That is how we have survived a market cycle. If you consider Corona another market cycle, we survived two market cycles. But cash flow is king. And that's what every single asset that we have today must cash flow or else we don't buy it.
2: I like that metric. Indeed. Joe, as we begin to wrap up, not only do I want to thank you, but I want you to know how much we appreciate having you on here today. If there was one piece of advice, one nugget that you could leave for our listeners, what would that be?
0: I would say... Get informed about the opportunity. The biggest thing that I see and the conversations that I have with potential investors or those who are just getting started is they don't know enough about the opportunity. They have this fear of missing out and it's driving them to make decisions. It's driving them to make mistakes. They don't have all the information at hand. They're just watching what's on social media or on TV. Do the research. Do it yourself. You know, Surround yourself by a lot of smart people. I didn't get where I'm at today without having the right people in my corner. And, you know, it's paid high dividends when I've almost lost my shirt. And, you know, it's having those people in your corner, but really understanding the investment that you're about to, you know, to dump some money into.
2: Excellent. So, Joe, how can our listeners get in touch with you, whether they have a real estate question or army chaplain question? (laughs)
0: Absolutely. They can find me on Facebook, Joe Danza, and then you can send me an email at jodanza at gmail.com. If you really want to dive in and ask questions, uh, so one of my uh, business partners, uh, Seth Ferguson, so he's running a multifamily investing mastermind group. And so I'm in that group constantly sharing information, nuggets of wisdom. We're really working together to help educate, you know, a lot of investors, those who are in various paths, Uh, So you can find that mastermind out on Facebook as well. And Seth is doing a lot of great things. In May of 22, he's holding the multifamily conference as well. So those are all places where you can find me involved, uh, working alongside Seth, a great asset to learn more about the multifamily space. Exactly. And that's what we've been preaching the whole time is
3: no pun intended, guys. Chaplains preaching, (laughs) (laughs) getting educated. And the more masterminds you can attend, the more podcasts you listen to, the more educated you become. Excellent. Joe, thanks a lot. We appreciate your service as well.
0: Thank you for having me on.
2: It was indeed our pleasure. And so now in honor of Memorial Day, we are, as we say in the military, we're going to take a knee for a week and we are not going to publish an episode during the week leading up to Memorial Day weekend. And that is how we will honor the fallen and provide our moment of silence. But we will resume publication or airing of our podcast episodes the week after Memorial Day. So thank you again, Joe, for being here. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with our listening audience. If you all like what you hear and you've learned a lot, please give us a five-star rating and go ahead and hit subscribe on your listening platform.
3: Thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks a mill for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: For more information about today's episode, learn more about passive multifamily real estate investing, or to reach Linda or Lisa directly, visit us on the web at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. Thanks a mill for joining the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast, sponsored by Berkwood Capital and Freedom Capital Investments. Your hosts, Lisa Hill and Linda Brooks, remind you it's never too late to get started on your multifamily real estate investing journey and they'll show how to do it successfully as a passive investor. We'll see you next time.